Come on, man. Let's give it up for them. Would you stand on your feet as you give it up for Brandon giving his testimony and then stay standing. So I always think it's um, quite a courageous act. We're going to read God's word here in just a moment. And so you can stay standing for Psalm chapter 96. Uh, courageous act to speak in front of a congregation, in front of your peers. And uh, so grateful for that. I think that is um, one of the first steps into fulfilling God's call in your life is to do something uncomfortable that you wouldn't normally do and to get in front of somebody and open your mouth and speak. And I'm grateful that Brandon did that this morning. If you would, join me as we read Psalm 96 this morning together. It says this, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Say, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Before the Lord, for he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for such a time as this, for 2024, to be a people who are set apart, declaring your wonders, your majesty, ascribing to you and singing songs. Let us be a people who understand this well, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, high-five somebody, then you may have a seat. Grateful for this time of the year of fasting and prayer and consecration, and if you don't know by now, this is something that we do with our global family of churches. We'll talk more about it here at the end of service with a video, but we have a card. I know that a lot of you have this card. It says, prayer, praise, and hopes. Your hopes would be the dreams, the goals, the desires for 2024. Would you make those known uh, this morning? You could do that during this sermon. You could do it after the service, and then you can place these on the wall outside, and we're going to make those known, and we're going to read each other's prayer requests, praise reports, and our hopes and desires for 2024. Amen? We're also going to, likewise, we're going to, in this fast, we're going to have a prayer call every morning 
at 6 a.m. Excited to pray with you. It's going to be tremendous to pray with you via Zoom on our link tree. There's a link to that. And then we'll conclude everything on Sunday nights. Next Sunday nights, we will conclude with worship and prayer at Rebel Church, which is going to be awesome. And then we'll break bread together at probably Taco Palenque because that's my favorite. This fast is, you know, what I love about it, it's not just an individual fast. It's not just something that you're just doing individually. It's not something you're just doing with your immediate family. It's something you're doing with your local body, uh, your local church family. And it's something that you're doing with your global family of churches. And so there are thousands of people all around the world joining together, making our requests known and it's interesting because this is the rare time that we, our homily today is in sync with every other church around the world of our every nation family. And we're preaching about the same thing and we're getting the same hearts. And I'm so excited that we get to do that. And this particular psalm, what a great psalm to talk about being set apart. I love things that are set apart. You always set apart things that are important to you. How many know that's true? Like the things that are important, the things that you value, you, you go to a good chef, a good restaurant, anybody going to a five-star restaurant, I'm just going to talk about food all morning. You, know, you go to a five-star restaurant, the chef is about to plate your food, and he's going to make sure that the, the best piece of meat, the, the best greenery, everything around there, the, the best sauce is all stirred around there and drizzled on top, and he's setting it apart so that you can enjoy the, 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 the splendor of what he is serving up. And I love Jesus because he's moving into a place where he's setting apart his church from the world. He's setting apart his sons and daughters, the people of God, and he's setting them aside. And he's saying, these are mine. These are chosen. I, these are the remnants. These are the people that I have called to myself. And I'm setting them aside. And why does this matter? Because you're very valuable to God. And this isn't to puff your narcissism up anymore. It's not to puff you up any more than you ought to be puffed up. I mean, obviously, we need a right picture of ourselves in line with God. It's a very humble submission to him. And any value that we have is because he has spoken it over us and into our lives. Isn't that true? Like anything of value inside of us is because he created and he breathed and he he shaped and he he defined and he spoke so clearly to you and set you apart for his good works, his good works. And this is what Jesus wants for us to be a people that are set apart. And so it's why we fast every year, because I know that my pleasures, my desires, I can feel like a lot of times like Ecclesiastes where I just want to party and eat and drink and be happy. Amen. But there's a moment. Well, we have to kill some of the flesh that's inside of us and our fleshly desires. We have to lay them down so that Jesus can be more resurrected in our consciousness so that we can be more aware of who he is and know that we have a mission by God, mandated by God for the world. That you and I weren't meant just to live our own independent lives, but you were called to a body. And the body comes together in a great unifying way for the mission and purposes of God. And that's 
so that the nations and the people to the ends of the earth would know him and be known by him. Aren't you grateful for this? So we come into the church and we read Psalm 96, 1 and 2, and it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. The song that we sing, it's not like we're writing new songs every Sunday. Aren't you thankful for that? We would not know the words. Our worship team is like, yes, we are so grateful for that. But singing a new song is the freshness that God has breathed into you and out of you. It becomes living and it becomes active and it becomes life and it becomes new and it becomes fresh. How many of you uh, just are tired of the mundane or just the ordinary or the dead or the monotony? I want to tell you that God in his goodness can, can give you those same words from last Sunday, but breathe new life on them. He can, in his goodness, when you wake up in the morning and your faithfulness to your family, to your brothers, to your sisters, and your diligence, in that moment, it can feel somewhat monotonous, but with the spirit of God, it breathes new in your life. I need that in my life. I don't know about you. I need that in my marriage. I need, Brandy needs newness out of Ben Chapman. She needs a new song to be lifted up to the Lord. She needs this freshness, this breath, this, this, this moment of ascribing to him. She needs that. And, and I want to I argue that, that not just she's not the only one who needs it, but the person on your left and the person on your right need it as well. We need new words, new breath. We, we need this Love to permeate and this God to come inside of us and out of us for the work of the ministry here on earth. And he's breathing newness out of the church. Newness, life, breath. Sing a new song to the Lord. Oh, it may be the same words. It may be the same melody. It may be the things that you sung last week, but by the spirit of God, he's saying it is new for his mercies are new every morning his mercies are new every morning it's the same mercy and yet it comes and we receive it new and afresh because we need a newness in our lungs and it's the people who live in this moment of the past you know those people who remember back then when God was doing something the the 10 years ago the 20 years ago for some of you college students, it was last year or the year before. Remember when God used to do that thing? I want to tell you that God is breathing newness in 2024 in your life. He doesn't want to just do the same old, same old, and it may look the same, but by the Spirit of God, it will become fresh and new to you. It will become fresh and new to you. And God can do that in such a way that he will be magnified through that. And we will bless his name here on the earth. And we do it through song. Isn't song such a mystery? How many of you are Swifties in the room? All right. Wow. We're in a good church. You know, some of you may be, may be into music. Maybe you have a, a bent towards rock, a bent towards country, or whatever it may be. But there's something that song does. 
uh, when you sing, and it was God's idea for us to sing. I want to tell you something. The unique part of Christianity is there's song throughout all of our liturgy. And we are, we are um, uh, <clears throat> instructed to sing. We are instructed to sing. It's unique. You don't necessarily find this in Islam. Uh, this isn't found in, in necessarily every other religion. Where you come together and you corporately lift up a song and sing together and you begin to declare it to the Lord. I want to tell you something that we have to be a community that sings songs. We have to be a community that sings even when you don't feel like singing. Can I get an amen? Some of us have to sing when we don't feel like singing. If the newness begins to happen as we sing. We need to sing a new song this year. We need to lift up our voices. We need to sing to the one who is created and breathed upon us. The one who gave us breath in our lungs. Out of our lungs should come song. We also need to be a people who sing in our daily devotional, in our time of fasting and prayer. We need to lift up a new song to the Lord, a new song in his name. It's, it's Psalm 96. Isn't that what he's telling us to do? He's telling us to sing, but we're also supposed to be a people who sing in community. Everybody say community. Community. There's something powerful when the church comes together and we start singing and making a joyful noise unto the Lord. I love that scripture, a joyful noise, because how many of you know I can't sing? That's why none of y'all sit by me during worship, and it's okay. I'm not offended. I have my moment up here. But when the song goes out, it begins to be lifted up. And when the community sings, it encourages us with one another. The interesting part about the theater is the acoustics in here. As we're singing, there's no reverb. How many of you know that's true? And so you can hear everything the person's saying behind you. And you're like, man, I want a little bit of reverb. I want to sing and it bounces back. I want it to reverberate in my soul. It doesn't happen in a theater. So it's actually, we have a very challenge in front of us as Luminous Church, don't we? Because a lot of churches, they make their acoustics in a way that the, when the community sings, it reverberates throughout the room so that you can begin to hear one another and it becomes one sound, one voice. Here at Luminous, we are, uh, are encouraging our people when we sing in community that we lift up one voice. Ephesians 5 verse 19 says that we should address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. That there's this instruction to the church that this year to be a people that are set apart, to be altogether different, there's great community that happens and encouragement that happens when we sing to one another. It's interesting when the worship team gets up here and they start singing songs, they're not just singing, right, so that we can just listen, but we're singing to participate. It says sing to one another, uh, that, that we are to actually echo and reverberate. That's what I love, like, like this, 
this, this moment of call and response in sermons that, that as we preach, you know, there's this, this, this echoing, there's this encouragement. How many of you get up on the football field or the baseball or whatever it is, and it's like when the dugout starts hitting the, the, the side, right, starts shaking the chains because, because you're going up to bat, and there's this moment of sharpening one another through that. I want to tell you, that was God's idea for us to encourage one another by beginning to lift up our voices and, and cheering one another on. And when we sing, we move in a place of encouraging one another, not just in our own ideology or our own theology, but actually the theology of the Lord that's written in the Bible. And every song that we sing are lyrics that are written from the word of God, from the Bible. These are written words that we are supposed to reverberate to one another and reverberate to the Lord as an anthem altogether. Karl Barth says this, what we can and must say quite confidently is that the church which does not sing is not the church. That's a powerful statement that we must be a people of sing. Thirdly, we see that we sing with a, a life offered to Christ. Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, that our life is offered to Christ. Our body is offered to Christ, and we are a people who are set apart, and by fasting and by praying this week, we are setting ourselves aside and saying we're here to worship. We're here to worship. And we are setting ourselves apart to do that. The second thing we see in the psalm is we need to declare. Psalm 96, 2 through 3 says this. Tell of his salvation from day to day. How often is that? From day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among the peoples. That we are in the moment when we come together and we sing, we're moving in a place of declaring who he is, not just to one another, but to who? The nations, to other people. That when we come together and when the church is in sync, all of a sudden the world begins to know Jesus. It's why the enemy loves to come to steal, kill, and divide or destroy. He loves to bring division in the house, a house divided against itself. The prophet says will not stand, right? It, it's what the enemy loves to do. But when there is unity, synchronization, when the music comes together, when everybody's in sync and anthem and loving one another, the world begins to see the goodness of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, a church that is well-plated for other people to enjoy Jesus is one that is in sync and set apart and moving in likeness with one another, complements one another. All of a sudden, there's this moment of these, these complementary items that happen and the, the greatest pleasure that you can enjoy out of food, right, is when it complements one another. The, greater, the greatest pleasure that the world will discover from us is when we complement each other. When we're moving in sync and it becomes tasteful and people want to be a part. This is our mission. Tell of my salvation from day 
today. Verse 10 says, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established and it shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity as we go out, we're making and declaring the goodness of Jesus, and we are declaring that he is good, he is righteous, he is faithful, and he will judge rightly. That he judges rightly. We are a testament wherever we go with our friends, with our coworkers, with our family members, that the God that we serve is a righteous God, and he will judge with equity. He will look at people and he will judge rightly. There is no unfairness in God. He is completely fair. He's completely good. He's completely God. He's completely loving. And this is the message that comes out of our lips in every situation, wherever we go. I'm telling you, the world is just looking for a reason to disqualify God. But being a people of God who come together and we corporately confess our sins to one another. We corporately say, like, I need his mercies today because yesterday I messed up. Yesterday I fell short. For we all fall short of the glory of God, but it's by the grace of God that brings us to a place of repentance and restoration and rightness with him. I, I was talking to somebody about parenting uh, yesterday at a birthday party, and we're talking like, I don't know what to teach my children. You know, this is, we only get one go at this, and, and that's why some of you have eight kids, so you get more opportunities. But, but I, I, just, I just don't know how to do it perfectly. I don't know how to do it uh, exactly right. But what I did, what we were discussing is one thing that we knew is we were going to teach our kids how to reconcile offenses quickly. We were going to teach them how to reconcile the offenses that happen in their life quickly because as ministers of reconcili reconciliation, you see the power of God and the ability to forgive and extend forgiveness to others. The ability to restore people and bring them into a place of knowing God. This is our call as a people of God. Is to move out and start sharing with people the goodness of God. We need to start moving in a place of declaring, of declaring Right now, among the nations, who God is and our testimony of what God has done in our life through the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, through that work that has made us, forgiven us, <clears throat> made us new and made us right with God. That message of the gospel is good news, and we need to start telling that testimony to other people. And in 2024... Luminous Church will be a church that equips you to be leaders in your sphere of influence, to be able to share the power of God in your life with others. This is something that we have to do. The church has to get this correct. We have to move to a place to do this because it's in this moment that the people will look and they will marvel. Marvel. Marvelous are your works. We ascribe to you. You're so marvelous. You're so wonderful. There's, there's so much happening. And in your marvelousness, in that moment, there's a curiosity 
that is beginning to be invoked in the people around us. It's the curiosity that brings people to the cross. It's the curiosity that brings people to Jesus. When you are altogether different, when the church is altogether different, when you are acting and forgiving people that you should never forgive, when you are not trying to get vengeance but saying vengeance is the Lord's, when you start operating as set-apart people, a people of God, is starting to invoke a curiosity amongst the world. All of a sudden, it's, it's the theater staff. It's like, what is happening in there? Why are you guys so happy? Why are you so excited? Why is there so much newness on your life? Because inside, I feel dead. There's a lot of people feel dead on the inside. They don't know resurrection. They don't know life. They don't know hope. But you have the opportunity to start declaring this by the testimony that you live out. And it will start moving in a curious way of the people around you. Verse 4 and 5. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens He has moved you into a place of not making worthless idols, but God is altogether different, altogether separate. He has separated himself from man-made idols, and he has moved in a place where he starts to demolish those things in our lives and in our city and in our culture. And he starts to raise himself up in a great way that is totally different than what the world sees. And he manifests himself here on the earth. And one of the ways that he does it is through the church. This moment, this this theophany of God where God becomes light and reveals himself on the earth to mankind. He does it by the church being set apart, the church consecrating itself, the church coming together with one song, with one voice, with one anthem, with one gospel, no other gospel but the gospel that is preached by Jesus himself, preached by the apostles, and preached for generation. It is the same gospel that we still preach today. And oh, it seems so old, but I want to tell you, it is so good and it's so new for those who believe. For those who believe. We're going to be a people to ascribe to the Lord. I close in scripture in verse 7 and 8. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. What is the offering that we're bringing to the Lord this year? What is the offering that you're going to bring to God this year? I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about deeds. I'm talking about you. Are you going to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to the Lord, holy and pleasing? I believe we will be those people in 2024. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning as we begin to pray?
Father, you're so good, and we want to spend just a moment, Jesus, to experience you and your goodness. I want to lead you to a simple prayer that would maybe hopefully set you up for this week. And it's this simple prayer. Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that is keeping me from that offering? Jesus, is there any wall, habit, addiction, attitude, sinful behavior, relationship? Is there anything in my life that just needs to be laid down? Holy Spirit, we want to sing a new song with one voice for your glory. We're asking this. Maybe just sit a moment. Maybe you need to write something. Maybe it's on your card. You need to write a prayer. Maybe it's a hope in 2024, a desire. Take a moment to do that. Father, you are crazy about your church. No height, no depth. No barrier too big that kept you from your bride, Jesus. You gave your life for her. And Lord, would we be a people, a bride set apart so that the world may know how good you are, how amazing you are, how forgiving you are, how gracious you have been, and how you will be. In Jesus' name, amen.